Welcome to the River Bluff Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the sermon from lead pastor Joe Still. And for more information about us, please visit riverbluff.org. Well, good morning. I'm really glad to see you this morning. I hope you are well. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't figured it out yet, I got, I got some... I got some action, some hot mess going on right here. Um, but that's not going to slow us down a bit uh, today at all because we got some good stuff to, uh, to think about, to talk about, to celebrate, to, to plan for um, opportunities that God is giving us. I, man, I love worship this morning. Oh my goodness. I, I couldn't, <clears throat> I didn't sing much. I mouthed the words, but uh because I didn't know if my voice would make it through this <clears throat> if I cut loose. But I was cutting loose in here, baby. Cutting loose in here. So thank you guys, worship team, for, for leading us to the Lord the way that you have. Hey, um, if you're guesting with us today, I just want to especially say to you, today's going to be a little weird. Um, weirder than normal, maybe. Uh, because we're, we're going we're gonna to check under the hood today. Um, you know, we, we talk about the church a lot. Today we're going to talk about this church very specifically. Um, kind of pull back the curtain um, and, uh, and do some work there. Uh, and by the time we're done, you may think, those people got problems, baby. Uh, I'm scared now. Uh, or you may think, I think I could help them folks. And so, I want to give you an opportunity to think about how to do that if you're visiting with us, especially because next Sunday afternoon at 5 o'clock, uh, Pastor Terry and I will be hosting our Exploring Church Membership Seminar, uh, run about two hours, and give you an opportunity to kind of hear clearly our vision and direction. Today, you're going to hear some of our challenges and opportunities, um, so you'll, you'll, get the, you'll, you'll have the full spectrum. Um, but I, I want to say this about where we're going today. We're, we're diving into today because we have a bigger purpose and that bigger purpose is for the body of Christ known as River Bluff whether you've joined yet or not but you consider us your home uh, there are going to be opportunities uh, starting today in these moments for you to participate in helping us step into the beautiful opportunities that God has planned for our church in the coming year especially um, some very specific areas and we're gathering back tonight at 5.30 for our first ever um, the Great River Bluff Soup Symposium. Now, if you've never been to a soup symposium, because I've never been to a soup symposium, it's simply this. You bring a pot of soup, your favorite soup, for your family plus one or two others. We're going to meet uh, and fellowship around bowls of soup. Um, starting at, five, at 5.30, we're going to say amen to the prayer. So your soup needs to be on the table at 5.25, piping hot, ready to roll. Um, our hospitality team is providing drinks and crackers and those kinds of things that go with soup. And, uh, and yes, chili is an official soup. Okay, so if, if you're thinking chili, you can bring chili. Um, and then uh, we're going to, for 45 minutes, we're going to do that. And then we're going to come back in here. We've got one matter of, of church business we've got to conduct. It'll take us maybe 10 minutes or so to do that. Then we're going to break up into focus groups. And I'll tell you more about those focus groups in the message today. Uh, what, what we believe God is calling us into. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited uh, about the opportunities laid before us. Because... 
The invitation today is to you to say, God, I hear you calling me to invest here at River Bluff. I hear you specifically calling me to invest some of my experiences, some of my, my thoughts, my heart, uh, some energy into this area to help your church, this church, become the transformative church you want it to be in the coming year and for days ahead. Because there's a lot that God wants to do in us and through us. Now, we have been thinking at a leadership level about, about the, the church, about church experience, about life um, in church, and we we toyed with this idea that I want you to see on this video, um, but I'll just go ahead and tell you up front, we dismissed it as, we don't think we're heading this way, but watch this. Tired of having to wake up, get dressed, and drive across town just to attend your favorite service? Introducing Virtual Reality Church. Start by choosing a church building that meets your needs. Tired of the stress of having to choose a Sunday morning outfit? Never make a fashion mistake again, because Virtual Reality Church will style you based on your denomination. Not a people person? Select the introvert experience to completely eliminate the welcome team, meet and greet time, connect cards, and that awkward hold hands with the person next to you thing we still do. Next, personalize your morning by choosing the worship experience that you want. Feeling a touch of white guilt? Add a minority worship leader. Custom options even let you tailor the skinniness of your worship leader's jeans. Finally, no more having to endure songs that you don't like. With Virtual Reality Church, you're in charge. For the sermon, choose the amount of conviction you'd like and we'll select a pastor for you. We'll even let you tailor your sermon topics so you'll never have to attend a Vision Sunday or a sermon series on giving. And never worry again about dozing off during the sermon. With Virtual Reality Church, you can sleep as long as you want. Kids being bad in nursery? Who cares? Worried about missing a football game? Enter your favorite team and we'll provide notifications when the game is starting. Never miss a kickoff again. Want to go forward for prayer? Well, if you selected a Pentecostal service, always stand in front of a mattress. Even connect your social media accounts and we'll post for you. Get credit for being super spiritual all from the comfort of your couch. Finally, an option for people asking the question, how can I make Sunday morning even more about me? Virtual Reality Church, the future of church attendance. We looked at several options, and that was one we just, just, sorry, we've discarded that as the future of River Plus, okay? Um, but we do believe that God is calling us into the future, and a future of just incredible opportunities. Now, some of you will recall, back in the fall, uh, many of you participated in something called the Transformational Church uh, Survey. And the leadership team, the elders, staff, we want you to know we are so very, very grateful for those of you that took the time to do it because it has helped us immensely. And I'll talk more about that and specifics of that in a section in a minute. But I, I want, I need to remind us of something. Uh, so that the, the context of the survey makes sense to you. And here's how I want to remind you of something. There is something that what I would call critical to the spiritual DNA of River Bluff that God infused in us really beginning back in the early 90s, 91, 92, 93. Many in our church went through a study known as Experiencing God. And it radically set the course for the future of our church.
um, what God did through, through that study. We repeated that in 2009 as a small group church-wide campaign and many others went through that again. But I want to remind us of the seven realities that we learn about walking with God from experiencing God. So this is, this is what, what took me about four or five months to walk through the first time. We're going to do in about 11 minutes, maybe 10 minutes, okay? So um, put on your hats real quickly. We're going to move fast. You can fill in your blanks. This is what the worksheet is mostly about today. Um, but I just want to give you the thumbnail sketch. This um, drawing right here, this sketch, is uh, an image that will help you capture the whole movement of the seven realities of experiencing God. First reality that you need to be captured by is this, is that God is always at work around you. God is always at work around you. Uh, Jesus said in John 5, 17, My Father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Now, there are some people who think that, you know, when, when the Bible says that God rested on the seventh day, that he didn't get back up. Okay, after creation. That is not true. God has been at his work. Jesus said when he was walking the earth that his father was at work to this very day, which meant he had been at work and he was going to continue at work. And Jesus said, I'm here doing the father's work. God is at work all around you. God is at work in you in ways that we cannot see. God, God is the one doing the work. Any, any good work, anything that we talk about that's good or beautiful or lovely about our church or the opportunities that he's calling us into is the work of God. It's not the work of us. It's the work of God. Okay? Second reality of God is this, is that God pursues a love relationship with you that's meaningful and purposeful. God pursues an intimate, personal love relationship with you that is real. It, it, is, it is as real as any relationship you can have on the planet. It is real because of his great love. And God pursues a relationship with everyone on this planet. Now, he doesn't have one with everyone because not everybody responds to his call on their lives. Jesus said this uh, in John, or excuse me, John writing about his experience with Jesus wrote these words inspired by the Holy Spirit. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. See, you have a sin condition. I had a sin condition and it kept me from being in relationship with God. So God sent his only son to overcome that for us as a sacrifice. And so that's what Jesus paid for you and for me so that we could be in relationship with him. Jesus did say these words in John chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. You know these words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He, God did not send Jesus to condemn you. He sent Jesus to save you that you might be saved through him. That's what, that was why Jesus came. This was God's pursuing a love relationship. Jesus left heaven. The son of God left heaven to come pursue a love relationship with you and me. He loves you that much. Third reality that we learned in experiencing God is this. Is God, God invites us to join him in his work. Again, it's his work. 
But because of his great love for us, because he's pursued this relationship with us, because he wants us to be where he's at, doing what he's doing, he invites us into his work. Now that invitation is so important because that invitation reveals to you something about God, about who he is. It's very important that you be captured by the, the purpose of the invitation. God doesn't need us to do his work, but he chooses to. He loves us so much that he wants us to participate in what he's doing to redeem this lost and broken world. In Philippians 2, Paul writes about this. He says, for God is working in you. He's not just working out there. He's working in you too. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. This is part of God's work. Paul wrote, writes to the church at Corinth. He said, for God was in Christ, restoring the world to himself. No longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. This is the wonderful message he has given to us to tell others. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is using us to speak to you. And we beg you, as though Christ himself were here pleading with you. Receive the love. He offers you be reconciled to God. God has invited you and me into the work of reconciling the lost and broken world back to God. We're, we're called to that work. And that's the third reality that we learn. Fourth reality is this. And we're going to come back to this one. Uh, this is kind of central to where we're going to think about today. But it's this. Is God speaks by the Holy Spirit. Always the Holy Spirit. If you ever get an understanding of, from God's word or you get a sense in prayer, you need to call somebody. Or going through circumstances, you discover that um, something new about God. I anytime God speaks to you, the Holy Spirit's always involved. Now, he does that through prayer, through the Bible, through circumstances, and through the church. To reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. He, God, God is a God who wants to be known. He wants to reveal himself. And so he does that always by the Holy Spirit. But he does it through prayer, through the Bible, through circumstances, and through, through the church. Jesus said in John 8, he who comes from God listens to God's words. You, you hear God speaking to you if, if you're from God. You, you will hear God. Then he goes on because he's speaking to the Pharisees. He says, you, however, are not from God. And that is why you will not listen. If you're not experiencing God speaking to you, there's a chance. There's a chance that you're not in fellowship. You're not in relationship with God. Because God wants to be known and he, he wants to speak. He, he wants us to hear him. In Hebrews chapter 1, the writer of Hebrews says this. Long ago, God spoke in many different ways to our fathers. Through the prophets. He did it in visions and dreams and even face to face. But now in these days, he has spoken to us through his son. To whom he has given everything and through whom he made the world and everything that there is. See, God, God spoke creation into existence. God, God speaking is one of the most important things that you and I need to, to know about God is that he speaks to his people. Now, I know this. It is okay in our culture for us to pray and talk to God. But in our culture, if you tell somebody, I heard God speak to me yesterday, they might lock you up. I mean, people, people will consider you crazy if you say God speaks to you. Now sometimes God, some people use this God speaks to me as a tool to get you to do what they want you to. Don't go there. I mean this can be abused sometimes by, by, by people. But we, we need to come to the clear understanding that God has always spoken since the beginning of time. God speaks and he continues to speak to this day. And we looked at some of the ways he does it. Number five, when God speaks, it's always a crisis of belief. 
When God speaks to you, it will always lead you to a challenge in your faith. It will always cause you to say, oh my goodness, what do, what do, I, what do I do with this? Look at this from John 11. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? See, when you're confronted with the reality of who Jesus claims to be, it's going to cause you a crisis. You're going to have a faith crisis. You're going to make a decision about, is Jesus the Son of God? Am I going to follow him with my life? If, he's, if he truly is the Son of God, should he have authority over my life? There are all kinds of these faith questions that have to be answered. When you come to the reality of God speaking to you, you're going to have a crisis of belief. In, in Matthew, Jesus said this. He said, you don't have enough faith. He said, I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it would move. Nothing would be impossible. You believe that? Do you believe that with God... Nothing is impossible. See, that's a, that's a, a, God speaks to us and then it creates this, this tension, this crisis of belief in our lives. And we're going to see today that some of the things that God has spoken through this church is going to cause us a crisis of belief. It's going to cause us to be challenged. It's going to cause us to, to have to think and live differently, which leads to number six. If we're going to join God after God speaks to us, after he gives us this invitation, it's going to require us to adjust our lives to him. We're going to have to adjust our lives to him. Friends, it is impossible for you to stay where you're at and go with God. You cannot do that. If you want to go with God, you have to adjust your life. You have to adjust your thinking. You have to adjust your core values oftentimes. You have to adjust your finances. You have to adjust your life to God if you want to go where he's going. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, If any of you wants to be my followers, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, the way you're living, your plans, he says, if you try to do that, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life, your pursuits, your, your, what you want out of this world, if you'll give that up for my sake, you'll save it. You'll, you'll find real life. Seventh reality is this, of joining God. If you're going to join God, it's going to require you to submit through obedience. You're going to have to submit obediently to God's call on your life as revealed in this book. And it calls us to some radical ways of thinking differently, living differently. Jesus said in John 14, I will only reveal myself to those who love me and obey me. Somebody said, I don't feel like God's... God's showing me anything. Well, are you willing to obey? If God, if God comes to you and shows you something, are you preconditioned to obey him? Or are you still in that mode? Well, if God comes to me, I've got to think about it. I've got to check out my other options first. Because if you are that person, what Jesus is saying here is, I'm not going to reveal myself to you. You're not going to know what I want for your life, the beauty and the, the splendor and the glory that I have planned for you if, if you're already preconditioned not to obey. Jesus goes on to say, the Father will love them too and we will come to them and live with them. Anyone who does not obey me does not love me. There are 
There are those of us who pride ourselves in having a rebellious spirit. You know, we think we're a rebel without a cause. You know, we're cool. We think of ourselves that way. And so when we're disobedient to God, you know what we normally think? Well, I'm just a rebel, man. I'm just a rebel. God's word says, you don't disobey because you're a rebel. You disobey because you don't love him. That's what he said. See, our disobedience is more tied to our love for God than, than, than anything else. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus said, No one can become my disciple unless he first sits down, counts his blessings, I love the way this translation says it, and then renounces them all for me. It's looking at the best, the most beautiful things in our lives, counting them, saying, yes, yes, these are awesome. But Jesus, I'll give them all up for you. Uh, they're, they're all yours. Now, I told you I wanted to return to the fourth reality here, which was this. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through prayer, the Bible, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. And the reason that I want to return to that is this. Back in the fall when we took this survey, um, and just so you understand the, the, what... The, we'll call it the mechanisms of the survey. Um, we were told that in order for us to have any good indication of uh, any kind of reality-based um, summary from the, um, from the survey, that we would, a church our side would need at least 75 participants. So we had to have at least 75 people who would take the survey in order to get a really good sampling so that the survey results could tell us something. Um, they said ideal would be 175 for a church our size. Well, we had 185 people attempt to take the survey. 21 couldn't. For some reason, it, um, if you didn't answer every question, it kicked yours out. Sorry. Um, but we ended up with like 167 people who completed the survey. So we have what I'm, I'm told from the people who put the survey together, excellent results um, from the survey sampling. So this should give us a, a really good picture of what our church has experienced and is experiencing about life at the river. And so what I want us to do is this. I want us to step into this, but I want you to do it with this framework. I want you to do it with that fourth reality as part of your connection because uh, as your pastor our, and our, our pastoral staff and our elder team, our staff, uh, other church leaders, here's, here's, how, here's what we did with that information. We took that, we began praying, and here's what we asked. God, you have spoken to us through the church. You have spoken by the Holy Spirit through the church. Show us what you want us to see. And so what I want you to see is how we arrived at some of that through what you said. Because this, these are the results of this church. So we're, we're looking under the hood, but we're looking at you having heard from God, the church, you, what we believe to be an indication from God of opportunities he's calling us into for the future. Now, I'm going to move through some of these slides pretty quickly. I don't think I said this in the first service. I meant to. Um, all of the results of the survey will be posted on the city today around 1 o'clock. So, um, just know that you can go and look at all the results. I'm not going to hit you with every slide and every statement that was made, but um, just enough to give you a good picture. And all of this is for a purpose that is beyond giving you information. All of this is so that you will walk out of here and say, um, 
I think God's calling me to, to, to dive in here to help my church become everything God wants it to be. To help it truly be the transformational church that God desires for us to be. Because we're going to ask you, this is, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the decision I'm asking you to make. I'm asking you to, to at the end of our, our time together today, to make the decision to be on one of four focus groups. And those will display themselves in a minute. Now, we have an awful lot to celebrate about the goodness of God from this survey. There's some really good things, and I want to point them out. I'm going to move through these really quickly. The survey went after kind of seven areas of health in the church. It looked at leadership. It looked at... Um, Connection. It looked at worship. It looked at how are we focused on the mission. Do we have a missionary mentality? Are we engaged in mission in our community? Um, it looked at how are we doing at sharing Jesus, telling our faith story. Um, it looked at all these different things. And it, it kind of gave us a picture of what's to come. So I'm going to start with those things that we scored. I'm just going to use that language that we scored really high on. That, that we could say that what you said is this is... This is who we are. This is how we're operating. So we're going to start there. Um, here's, here's the first statement that uh, we looked at. And, and so that you know on this slide, the, the statement, see the little red number out to the side of the statement number 22? That was the 22nd statement because these were kind of randomized and bounced around a little bit. Um, and so um, this was a statement and then uh, what you see, you'll see blue shading and then you'll see red shading. All of the blue shading was in the agree statements. Either strongly agree, moderately agree, or slightly agree. All of the red shadings had to do with people who disagreed with that statement. Okay? So here's, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to move through these quickly. It, it said this. When our church serves in the local city or community, we look for opportunities to share the message of Christ. 98% of you agreed with that. 98% of you agreed with that. Okay? Uh, next statement. Our church intentionally provides service opportunities for our people to be engaged with the unchurched in our local city or community. 93% of you agreed with that. You said, yeah, that, that kind of defines our church. Um, next, our church has earned a good reputation among city leaders by meeting needs. So that, you know, as we engage in these ministries, 98% of you said you agreed with that. You said with, with city leaders and officials, we have a good reputation because of our church meeting needs. Next, in our, if our church did not exist, our local city or community would miss us. 95% of you agreed with that and said, yeah, our, our city, th there would be something missing if, if River Bluff Church no longer existed, okay? Uh, next, leaders at local institutions such as schools, government agencies, etc. have expressed gratitude that our church is in the community. 99% of you agreed with that. Said that, you know, somewhere along the line you have heard a city official, someone, say they're, they're glad that our, our church exists and is in the community. 97% um, of you agree with this next statement. Our local city and community benefits in tangible ways because our church exists. Because we exist here as a church. 97% of you said, I agree with that. Um, the, the next couple have to do with kind of uh, perceptions related to leadership uh, at River Bluff. Uh, the first one, there was 98% agreement around this. Our leadership senses a call to our local city, uh, our, our community, and not just our church. We, that you're saying the leaders of this church really believe that we're, it's not just about us, it's about, it's about something beyond us. It's about our city and um, those out there. 
uh, another thing that had to do with our leadership and, and really about your life as a congregation. Our congregation cares deeply about the people in our city or community. 97% of you agreed with that and said we do. This is who we are as God's people. Um, 95% of you agreed with this statement. Our church leadership makes sacrifices for the direction God has given our church. 95% of you made a, a, an agreeable statement with that. 93% of you said our church leaders remind me of Jesus. That you see demonstrated through different leaders in our church. The life of Christ being modeled. 92% um, of you agree with this. While people may have different preferences. The vision God has given our church overshadows those different preferences. And here's how I understood that. Is that because we're a diverse people. And we like, you know, some people when it comes to music, some of us like hymns and some of us like rap and some of us like, you know, contemporary. We like, we have different tastes. But what we have done is we've surrendered and submitted all of those under the vision that God has given us of making disciples, making disciples. Whatever does that best is what we, what we have agreed to operate out of. 92% of you said that you agree with this statement, that our congregation knows the vision of our church. That you understand, that you, you got it, that it's about making disciples, making disciples. That that's what we're, we're here to do. Um, now here we take a little bit of dip in the leadership issue. And this is very interesting and here's why. It says this, our church has a system in place to raise up future leaders. And only 79% agreed with that. And I would say you're astute. Because we do not currently have the best system for raising up future leaders. But let me tell you what happened. Some of you will remember this. We took this survey in the fall. In July, I got an invitation to bring five other leaders from our church into a six-month training called Leadership Pipeline Training. We were, we were one of 12 churches that were invited to participate in this. And it's being led by the guy, one of, one of four or five top leadership developers in the church in the United States today. His name's Mac Lake. You can Google Mac and he'll, you, you'll, you'll find all kinds of stuff teaching that this guy's done. But we were invited to participate and I jumped at the chance. And so since October, it's going to be a six-month training span, since October our staff has been going through this training to help us develop a process for raising up leaders. Now, here's what that says to me. Because there are going to be some other slides where you're going to see us, our numbers drop. But here's what this says to me and makes me excited no matter how low the numbers go. Is that every time God reveals himself... And every time God reveals what he's doing, and every time God points something out to us, he always makes provision for us to follow him. Always. Sometimes before we even know it. I had no idea the results of this survey when he gave us this opportunity. But he, he showed me through this that he will always provide what he calls his people into. So when we go through some of these other numbers and some of them drop, some people may think, oh my gosh. Well, what I think is God's going to send something. God's going to do something. It's going to be cool. We're going to get to see God move. So that's why for me, all of this is opportunity. And I hope you see and have experienced God that way. So this is an area we know we need to work on. This is a system that we are, are working on. Okay, this next section is about um, kind of uh, measuring our dependence on prayer. How are we as a praying church? Here's a statement. Um, our church depends on prayer for its effectiveness. 97% of you agreed with that. I love that. I think it's cool that you say if, if, 
if God's not answering our prayer, if, if we're not engaging in prayer, there's no use for us to do anything. If we're not praying about it first and seeking the face of God first. So you understand how, how dependent we are for any effective ministry in the days ahead relates to prayer. Um, next, a system is in place to quickly transmit prayer requests to our church. 95% of you agreed with that. And let me say something about that. We have what I consider to be an instantaneous system um, in place. Uh, well, one that I have nothing to do with called the Holy Spirit. There are times the Holy Spirit just prompts you to pray for somebody in the church. Stop and pray. That's instantaneous. Another kind of instantaneous system we have is something called the city. And the city is our social media system just for our church where you can go on and if something is going on in your life and you need people praying for you immediately, you can go on the city and post it and it disseminates to our church. And people will begin praying for you. But you have got to be on it. You've got to be a part of it. And some of you are saying, well, how can I get me some of that city action? Lynn Kite is our mayor of the city. She's also our church receptionist, but she's the mayor of the city. She would love to help you get on the city so that you can keep up with stuff. Some of you this past Christmas, when we changed the service time for the, the Sunday after Christmas, some of you, you know, half of you showed, not half of you, but a significant number of you showed up an hour before the start and a significant number of you showed up an hour after the start um, because you didn't know. Well, the city, we, that's one of the places that we, we also text the, those services. So if we have your mobile number, um, we, we want to communicate well with you is what I'm trying to say. And, uh, but this is one of the ways that we can instantaneously communicate prayer. That's the system that we have. I think that's why that number was so high. 93% um, of you agreed with this. Prayer before or during church activities avoids being mechanical or a formality. You're saying that when we pray to begin things, it doesn't seem canned. It, it feels real. And uh, the number was 93%. Um, Next, moments of spontaneous prayer in worship service, services, groups, or classes are normal within the life of our church. 81% of you agreed with that. Now, what that tells me is there was a drop there. You know, that, that, that we just dropped there. And so this is an area that we want to see happening more and more. And so one of the ways that I want to fan the flame of that for you as well as for me and for us is this. Often, people will, will say to one another, will you pray with me about that? And we say, sure, I will. And then you separate. Don't. Don't separate. Pray with them, for them, right then. Don't, don't let them get away. Just stop and say, let me pray with you right now. Now, commit that you'll continue to pray afterwards, but pray with them. Spontaneously pray right then and there. Because that, that will move that forward. Something I'm trying to practice is to just spontaneously, if somebody says, will you pray about something for me? I'll say, yeah, but we're going to do it right now. Okay? Just dive into that. In fact, because I want to see this habit increase in our church, here's what I want us to do right now. I want us to spontaneously pray. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Get in pockets of threesies, foursies, fivesies, sixies, whatever. However you want to kind of huddle up. And I want you to go to God and pray because there, there's a lot that we've just covered that we have to be thankful for that God himself has done. God has given you, you, God has given you missional clarity. You, you understand why our church exists. That it's not just for us, it's for the city. That showed up so, so 
powerfully through this survey results. You, you understand that you, you get our vision, you get our purpose, you get that it's from God, and, and you're, you're behind it, and you agree with these things. And so I want us to take a moment and just prayerfully thank God for the good things that you've heard so far out of the church speaking. Okay? So take a moment, huddle up, and, and let's pray. Let's pray prayers of thanksgiving to God for his goodness displayed to the life of the river. Okay? Take a few moments to do that. I really, really hate to kind of break this up, but um, I'm going to need to help kind of move us along a little bit more because I want to give you some more things to pray about and some more things to uh, also engage in um, beginning this evening. Uh, and so we're going to talk for a few minutes about a worship experience at River Bluff. And uh, I'm, this is a, you know, I, I thank God for our worship team and all that they do to lead us. But worship of God is bigger than just what we sing. 
And you're going to see that being revealed in some of the results from today. Um, but here, here's one of, the, one of the results of the survey. It said this, our church provides resources, training, or tools for people to receive, uh, to pursue Christ outside of our worship services. 93% of you agreed with that. You said our church understands that worship is not about just the singing that we do up front in, when we gather in the big group. That worship is, is about what goes on out there too. And uh, I, I think that's a, a, a true statement about our church. And if, if, you, if you understand worship of God only being, you know, three or four songs that we sing when we get together, um, you've missed the heart of worship. Uh, of what it means to worship God because that, that really is a 24-7, uh, 365 kind of thing. Uh, 366 leap year. But, it, you know, it's just a, it's, a, it's an everyday, all day, it, just an experience of being with God, knowing, knowing Him and, and walking with Him. Uh, another statement that was part of the survey, it says a sense of anticipation and expectancy surrounds our worship services. 90% uh, of you agree with that statement. That there is, we, we and let, let me say this about expectance, expecting something to happen in worship. Um, one of the things I tell people, I encourage people to do, normally in our, our Exploring Church membership class is this. Have you ever, as you turn into to our parking lot, you know that little bump you go across? I want to encourage you, if you don't already, to let that be your anticipation bump. And here's what I want you to anticipate when you drive onto this campus and feel that bump. Because this is a, just a little breath prayer I breathe. God, I want to meet with you. Today. That's it. God, I, I wanna, I'm anticipating meeting with you. I'm, I'm expecting you to be here, God. That's just your anticipation bump. As you expect to experience God. Don't, don't expect that there's going to be a funny video. Or a, a neat new worship song, although you may get all of those things. But that's not what we're hoping you will live with anticipation over. We are hoping that you live with the anticipation of connecting with God. That's what, that's what our hope is. Another statement that was made. The majority of people in our worship services actively participate. 81% agreed with that. Now we took, this is another place we took a dip. And we know that we need to address. And so part of what we're going to be addressing, uh, you know, I told you that there were going to be four, four focus groups. Did I tell you that already? Okay, good. There are going to be four focus groups that begin launching this evening. And so really from this point forward in our time together, I want you to be thinking and praying about which of these four groups is God calling me to participate in, to be a part of. Coming tonight to share, we're going to do some brainstorming and formation of little teams to start addressing some of these things. Well, one of those that we know we want to see uh, growth in, we, we believe God's giving us opportunity to grow in, is this. We want to see more people actively participating in worship. We, we want to see that happen. Uh, next slide says this. People at our church spend time worshiping personally throughout the week. 83% agreed with that. I want, we want to see that grow. We want, to, we want to come up with ways to help our church worship God out there all the time. To just make life an experience of worshiping God. And so we, we, we want to do that. Uh, this next one says, we see evidence of God changing lives as a result of our worship services. 79% agreed with that. Again, a little bit of a drop. But we, we want to do this. We, we want to get better at being able to see the evidence of God's transformative work. Remember, this was about being a transformational church. And part of that is seeing God change lives as a result of us gathering together. 
Now that looks different from person to person, but we want to see that taking place. So maybe you're thinking, I want to be a part of that focus group that helps River Bluff kind of dive into some of these issues. Well, this evening when we break out into our focus group time, um, Pastor Terry and uh, our, one of our elders, Jimmy Sanders, will be co-leading that team. Each of our f focus groups will be led by one of our staff members and one of our elders. Um, so the worship group is going to be led by um, Pastor Terry and Jimmy Sanders. And uh, so th they'll be facilitating the work uh, the opportunities that God's calling us to in worship. Uh, another area that this survey kind of gave us some uh, reads on is connection. How are we connecting with one another? Um, some people might call it biblical community, but how are we, how are we doing in the fellowship? What's our, what's our fellowship quotient look like? And uh, just some interesting things here. Uh, first statement that I want you to look at says this, small groups are very important at our church. 86% of you agreed with that. You said that it, small groups, and when I say small groups, I'm talking about everything from our Sunday morning Bible study groups to groups that meet in homes to groups that meet in Starbucks. Uh, Any time that groups are intentionally get together for the purpose of studying God's Word, for the purpose of being in community, for the purpose of going out together and ministering in the community, th that's what we're talking about group life. Okay, so um, that's what a small group means here. Um, next slide. There is a clear path for someone to follow at our church to get plugged into a small group. 80%. We, we dropped a little there. And we know we need to develop clear pathways for people to connect in, in group life here, here at the river. Uh, next, there's a culture of inviting in our church where people are constantly invited uh, by others to get connected on a deeper level. Only 71% agreed with that. Again, a little bit of a hit there. And what, what that says to us is there's some opportunities for us to grow in this area of our church's life. We, wanna, we want people to be in, being invited regularly to get into deeper, connected relationships with one another around the river. We believe God's calling us to that. Next slide said this. Our church regularly starts new small groups. 68% of you agreed with that. Again, that tells us we've got some, we've, uh, got some opportunities here. Some things that we can engage in. Um, this one was probably one of the most interesting slides and, and, and said a lot since we say we value small groups. Look at this. It says newcomers to our church are tactfully yet purposely connected to a small group. 48% agreed with that. We took a big hit there. What does that tell you? We have some opportunities. We, we, there's there's a, a great deal that God is going to lead us into and resources to do when it comes to helping people get connected in group life, relationally in the days ahead. This was also a very interesting slide. How many people have you invited to attend a small group at your church in the last six months? Wow. Not many people have done that. Okay, not, not many people have done that. But this is, and, and it scales it out to, you know, 54% uh, say, I've, in the last six months, I've not invited anybody to be a part of any group. Not any class, not any small group, not any Bible study. I've not, I've not invited anybody to be a part of anything like that. Okay, that's an interesting number. And so we've got to think about what does that look like to transform that in the days ahead. Okay, so giving leadership to our um, transformational group related to connection. Our staff member is going to be Cindy Shirley. And because we knew that this was going to be one of those areas where we would have a lot of opportunity, we have two elders partnering with Cindy to, to lead that. David Blayton and Terry Watkins will also be co-leading that group um, when we break out uh, beginning today. Maybe 
God's calling you to say, I want to be a part of, of stepping into that opportunity and seeing River Bluff thrive in this area of helping each other connect. Another area is this idea of serving and, and being involved in ministry. Now I'm going to repeat a couple of slides in order to make a point here. One of them is this one. It says our church has earned a good reputation among city leaders by meeting needs. 99% of you said absolutely. We agree with that. We've seen that happen. We, we, we've absolutely seen that. Um, but then there, there's this statement. Serving is considered normal behavior at our church. We dropped 82%. We're saying that that's not necessarily considered to be normal behavior. That's just for maybe, maybe some. A, a next statement says church members are expected to serve in ministry at our church. 81% said that. Man, I want to see that at 100% because, I, I mean, I believe that the Bible says we're all called to be ministers of reconciliation. Everybody's called to ministry. It's not for like the clergy or the elite or the top 20% or anything like that. Everybody is. 82% of you agreed with this statement. Our church helps people understand their spiritual gifts. Well, we need to increase that. We need to see that go up because there is such a direct correlation between you knowing your spiritual gifts, your, what I'll call your gift mix, your, your heart, your passion, your abilities, how they blend together. There's such a deep connection to knowing those and finding a ministry that you're uniquely suited for that will be fruitful and fulfilling for you. And so, the, the, we, we, we've got some, some work there to step into that opportunity. 79% um, of you agreed with this, that we celebrate and highlight volunteers who serve. What that says is we, we can do a better job of celebrating around here. Because here's the reality is, what you replicate is what you celebrate. And, and we want to do that. 74% um, of you agreed with this statement. New members are challenged to begin serving right away. We want to make sure that happens. And so if you do come to the Exploring Church Seminar next Sunday, we're going to say, we're challenging you to get in ministry. No. Um, we, 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 we want to do that out of the gate. We want it to become kind of normal thinking around here. And some of you have experiences and gifts and, uh, at helping people do this. And so maybe you want to be a part of that focus group. And if you want to be a part of that focus group, um, we, we want you here tonight. Uh, Guy Smith and Tim Vienu are going to be co-facilitating uh, that group. And so I encourage you to go to the Lord and say, God, which, which of these focus groups do you want me to invest in? The last area that I want us to share is this area. Um, and it, 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 I'm, I've entitled it Sharing Jesus. Share, sharing Jesus. Uh, again, I'm going back to a slide we've already looked at, but there's a reason for that to make comparison. When our church serves in the local city or community, we look for opportunities to share the message of, of Christ. 98% of you said absolutely. We agree with that. That's what we do. Uh, another one that we've looked at. It says, in our church, personal evangelism, telling people about Christ, happens through personal relationships with unchurched people. 95% of you agreed with that. Look at this next one. Our church challenges members to build significant relationships with people who are non-Christian. We take a little drop here. 90% agree with that. We've said, we agree that our church says it's about 
building relationships. But then what I'm hearing here is, but we need a little more challenge in this area. Look at this one. Um, again, repeating this one. Our church has earned a good reputation among city leaders by meeting needs. So you're saying we do a good job of meeting needs in our community. But look at this next slide. 80 people agreed, 80% agreed with this. People regularly become Christians as a result of our church serving. Part of what we're saying there, I think, is we want to see a more direct relationship between serving and sharing the story of Jesus. We want, to, we want to share more when we're out there. And so tonight, one of our focus groups uh, is going to be on, on, on helping our church get better at sharing Jesus, sharing the story of Jesus, sharing our faith, uh, where we live, work, and play. And uh, Dave Harden, oh my goodness, I just forgot who was the elder. Dennis Kite, thank you. Dave Harden and Dennis Kite uh, will be co-leading um, that group. And so I would encourage you to, to be a part of that. So here's kind of how I want to I back up and go back to that fourth reality out of experiencing God that said this. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through prayer, through the Bible, through circumstances, and the church. To reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. I believe... Our elders believe, our staff believes that God has spoken through you. He used this survey as a tool to do that, but that God has spoken to River Bluff Church about River Bluff Church and pointed out the opportunities we have to engage in in the days ahead. And so here's the challenge. Which of these groups, these focus groups, these areas, will you throw throw some of your life into? Will you throw some energy into? Into helping your church become the transformative church that Jesus, that God has envisioned for us. What, what will you do? And I want to say this. Some of you are saying, well, I, you know, I'm going to wait until after I join. You don't need to wait until after you join. You, you don't even have to join to be a part of one of these focus groups. You don't have to be a member yet. Okay? If you believe that River Bluff is your church home, if you believe that this is where God has you participating to, to grow spiritually, we want you to participate in one of these, one of these four focus groups. We, we want what you have, what God has brought you, your gifts, your experiences, to be a part of us becoming and stepping into the opportunities that God has for us. Because that's how God speaks, is through his people. And so here's what we believe, just kind of to summarize. We believe that God has spoken by the Holy Spirit through this church to tell us God's giving us opportunity to have stronger connections in the days ahead. We believe God has said that. We believe that God has spoken by the Holy Spirit through this church, through you, inviting us to join him in developing more engaging worship for this church in the days ahead. Not just when we gather, but all of life. We also believe that God has spoken by the Holy Spirit through this church, inviting us to join him in the opportunity to serve passionately in new and, and, and incredible ways in the new year. New opportunities to do that. And we believe that God has spoken by the Holy Spirit through his church, inviting us to join him in opportunities to courageously share our faith in Jesus. To tell more frequently our story. To be trained and equipped to do that so that the world may know Jesus. All of that will only happen as God's people who he revealed these truths to engage. As you step in 
as you become a part of uh, a transformation, of being part of the opportunities that God's calling us to. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. Here's a decision. I'm asking you to pray starting now and into the afternoon, God, where would you have me invest to help my church become that transformative church that you have envisioned. In these four areas, God, where would you have me invest part of my life, part of my experiences, part of my, my, my heart, my resources, where would you have me invest, God, to help River Bluff become the church that you're calling us into in 2019? So I want us to pray, and I want to pray for us before we do that. God, we come now. We come to, uh, God, to celebrate your goodness. God, you have been so good to us. And when we look at, Lord, all the, everything that you spoke to us through this survey, through your church, Lord, there's so much that we get to celebrate and we're so grateful for. But God, there's also so many new opportunities that you have presented to us to be a part of in the coming year. And so, God, we come. We, we've heard your voice, God, through your word that tells us that you call all of your children into the ministry of reconciliation. You call all of us to be a part of the solution of bringing redemption in this world. You call all of us to be a part of that. And God, then you specify through your Holy Spirit directing us where you're calling us individually to, to serve, to invest, to bless. So Father, right now I pray for my brothers and sisters gathered here. I pray, God, that Holy Spirit, you would help them discern where you would have them step into this new opportunity for the coming year to bless this church, which in turn will bless our city, which in turn will bless the world. So, God, I pray right now that you would do a work in each of us, showing us, God, where you would have us make a new, fresh investment for the coming year. And Lord, I, I come knowing that in a moment like this, that Lord, this different kind of experience that we've had today, that there are many who showed up with needs that only you can meet. And so Father, I'm asking you to reach down from heaven and meet those needs for your more riches and glory. Father, we come to close our time gathered in worship, worshiping you through expressing it in song, worshiping you, God, expressing it through giving back what is yours, your tithe, 10% of our income. We, we come expressing that through giving offering, giving above that sacrificially and generously. We come, God, expressing, giving you our lives, making a decision even before we leave this place of saying, I'll, I'll, I'll invest. I'll put forth some extra effort. I'll be a part of uh, stepping into the opportunities and helping this church do that in the days ahead. We love you, God. We thank you for loving us and filling us with so many good things, mostly with you and your presence. Thanks for listening. If you're in North Charleston this Sunday, please consider visiting us at our 9 o'clock or 1130 services. We'd love to see you. Again, for more information, visit riverbluff.org. Now go change the world.